0: Welcome to life, bringing you insight and experiences into love, relationships, and fertility with a focus on enjoying life and moving forward. Today, I'm here with Dr. Serena Chin. We're gonna be speaking about COVID-19 vaccinations and pregnancy. Welcome to life love inside fertility experiences. I'm so glad everybody's here today because we're going to talk about COVID-19 and pregnancy and fertility journeys. And I am here with Dr. Serena Chin, who is the director of IRMS, which is the Institute of Reproductive Medicine. She is also the Director of the Division of Obstetrics at St. Barnabas. She's a professor. I could go on and on about her, honestly. (laughs) She is a professor. I have to read all of it though at Rutgers and at St. George. And she's won awards actually for her work with cancer care and freezing eggs with patients and most recently, I have tears in my eyes. You can see them. So if we weren't you we wouldn't know, she won the advocacy award this year, the Hope Advocacy Award for Resolve. So I am honored to have you here today. Thank you so much. Look at me.
1: Laurie, it's so nice to be here. It's so nice to be here.
0: Oh, thank, thank you for you. having me. Oh, my pleasure. And I was <laughs> waiting for somebody to talk about COVID-19 because. We have to talk about the vaccine. It's just such an important topic. And you are a self-subscribed geek on COVID-19. And I I just like when I was trying to find somebody who would be great, somebody suggested you and thank you really very much for being here today. It's
1: so nice to be here. So nice to be here. So, um, you know, there's so much to talk about with the COVID-19 vaccine. And you and I have both been inundated with tons of questions because you know, I, 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 I'm director of reproductive medicine. I do IVF every day, lots of egg freezing, you know, lots of making babies. Everybody is thinking about their reproductive health or actively trying to conceive or actually pregnant. And you're dealing with those, that same group of people.
0: And right. In my professional life and in my personal life. So many questions. Everybody's talking about this vaccine.
1: Yes, I've got oh, that too. Personal life as well. Yes, yeah, yeah. people just, my friends and family and other physicians, even just, we're all texting each other. Have you seen this information? Have you seen that information? And it's and how like- how
0: how is this one responded? And how is that one responded? And is everybody- Exactly, exactly.
1: So it's been, um it's- that, that's what turned me into a geek because like, just, just all this, um, so much knowledge coming out and an effort in our whole community to try to digest it. And, you know, um, I, I am a board certified reproductive endocrinologist, also board certified in OBGYN. So I did go to medical school, but I am not a virologist. I'm not an infectious disease specialist, but I do have to treat Uh, patients every day, and we do have to deal with the COVID-19 vaccine. And as, of course, as a healthcare worker, um, you know, healthcare workers also um, have to make the decision for ourselves about taking the vaccine. And we've seen all across the world that it's not just, you know, uh, something that people are just doing automatically. Uh, And the reason for vaccine hesitancy, um, I think is, is not it's not unreasonable, you know. That's what we're supposed to do. We're we're physicians. We're scientists. We're not going to just blindly take something. And I think um, it's appropriate for for us to have some vaccine hesitancy. And um, and I did just like everybody else. But once I started learning more and more and more about the science and the process and the logistics and the data, I became more and more comfortable, at least right now, with the messenger RNA vaccine. So,
0: right, so you know, what is that? I think that's the biggest question. What What does this mean? Like, we're always used to getting these live vaccines, and we get them. And there's been controversy about that. But now everybody's being encouraged get this, and it's not even the virus. Like, what is this? that's
1: That's a really good point. So, pregnant women uh, can get vaccines all the time. In fact, every single year, we're constantly shouting out, "Please get your flu vaccine." Um, which is not a live virus vaccine um, and we want pregnant women can are much higher risk of death from the flu so every year we're constantly reminding our pregnant patients please get the flu shot this year. Um, other shots said, like hepatitis are also fine for pregnant women but things like chickenpox and rubella and measles all of those are live virus vaccines. So patients that need that, we always say wait 30 days after the last shot in order before you start conceiving because that's a live virus vaccine. So that's usually how we differentiate. And um, having said that, the chance that you would actually have birth defects from a vaccine, even if you accidentally got pregnant too cl- close to the vaccine is actually quite low, but mm-hmm. it is, it's said out of an abundance of caution. Mm-hmm. So that's, you know, that's important to know. So Lori, what, what, what was your question just now?
0: So, I don't know, I was, I was so involved in what you were saying that- <laughs> Okay,
1: <laughs> so I was gonna say, I was gonna explain your other question this messenger is the, RNA, like what does
0: right. that the mean? messenger RNA, yes. But the other pieces, which I think is worth with like just talking about for a second, if you don't mind, is when you talk about a live virus versus the messenger RNA, RMA, um, I'm saying it RMA, it's not RMA. Um, people, I think also they're concerned about any vaccines. So when yeah. you weigh risk versus reward, that's a big piece of it also. But
1: that's the probably one of the biggest pieces is that there is no such thing as no risk. So when uh, typically the lay, you know, people typically look at things like just the risk in isolation mm-hmm. and and you're right, as practitioners treating patients, we always have to look at the risk versus the benefit. And uh, the risk ratio so not taking the vaccine in during a pandemic when you're pregnant is extremely risky pregnant women in general are young and healthy so young and healthy people are supposed to do Are supposed to not get quite as sick with COVID-19, although we all know that young and healthy people can die from COVID-19 and can have serious long-term sequelae from COVID-19. But in general, they're supposed to be a little bit lower risk than everybody else. But when you're young and healthy and pregnant, you're at much higher risk of severe disease of ending up in the hospital, of ending up on a ventilator because the pregnancy itself um, changes your physiology so that you're much more susceptible to the impact of COVID-19 infection.
0: That was gonna be my question actually, which was, is your immune system, is your body uh, weakened when you're pregnant? We're we're not
1: quite sure what the mechanism is. So right now we only have correlational data and statistical data showing, well, you know, in this population, you know, if you're pregnant, the much higher proportion are in the hospital and on a ventilator. We have some theories as to why, because you're right, pregnancy does change the immune system and pregnancy changes your lung and cardiovascular capacity. Um, And those are all things obviously dramatically impacted by COVID-19. Also clotting risk is raised in pregnancy and clotting risk is raised in COVID-19. So we have a lot of theories about why COVID-19 Impacts pregnant women so severely, uh, but we don't really know the answer yet. We just you know, know that it happens.
0: It's just too soon, and I think that's the piece, the big piece that are making that's making people nervous and anxious. Is that there's no real long term, and there just isn't. But we can take from what we know from other vaccines and other vaccines that are live viruses versus non live viruses, and right. and another. Um, kind of family of vaccines is coming out with live viruses. Exactly. Is there a recommendation as to which one would be better for somebody? You know, I haven't
1: seen any official recommendations yet. So the next two, you're right, in the United States is gonna be AstraZeneca and Johnson & Johnson. We're hoping within a month or so, those are gonna get emergency use authorization and they're gonna be, you know, the doses have already been manufactured and um hopefully they'll be distributed and that will like dramatically raise the number of people vaccinated. AstraZeneca and Johnson and Johnson are both based upon live attenuated adenovirus vectors. So adenovirus is um I think it's it, it it's uh it's a virus that impact uh, that is a chimpanzee virus. It's another animal. It's not a human adenovirus. And it's just used like a little package, like a little spaceship to deliver a little segment of spike protein DNA to the cell. And when our cells get that little injection of DNA, then we see the DNA and we make little pieces of spike protein. And then when you make the spike protein, your body reacts uh, with antibodies. And then theoretically, when you're faced with the COVID-19 or the coronavirus, um, the fact that you have all these spike protein antibodies prevents the coronavirus from even sticking to our cells. So both the AstraZeneca and um, Johnson & Johnson adenovirus vaccines and the Pfizer and Moderna mRNA vaccines have have a similar final common pathway. They all induce spike protein antibody production in uh, humans and having spike protein antibodies is what is supposed to provide this protection against coronavirus. So, so similar in that way.
0: Yeah, we all definitely wanna get that, um, that spike protein. We definitely
1: want yeah. those antibodies, yes. Yeah. So with the adenovirus, it's since it's a live virus, I think, but I do not know, that most likely we will not want to be using that in people trying to conceive and pregnant now having said that this virus doesn't seem to cause any disease okay so this is this is different than the chickenpox vaccine the chickenpox vaccine mm-hmm. it's it's an actual chickenpox virus mm-hmm. so it's just weakened so that it doesn't cause severe disease but there's a, you know, like, what if, like, you're giving a pregnant woman chickenpox virus, that is not like, okay, so, and measles is like that also, that's like an actual measles virus that's been modified. So theoretically, it's milder and doesn't really give disease, but we really do not want to give pregnant women the actual measles virus, whereas the adenovirus vaccines, you know, um, theoretically, don't cause an actual disease because they're these. The live virus is just used as a little spaceship, a delivery spaceship, to get the get the get the uh, DNA code into our cells. It does not change our uh, chromosomes or our genes. It just puts a little piece of DNA just goes into our cell, goes into the nucleus, and the nucleus is like, oh, DNA. Le- we, have a, we have a factory, we have a messenger RNA factory, so, and this is the template, so we'll just go ahead and start making stuff because all the material is there. So it doesn't actually change your genetic code, mm-hmm. but it does induce you to make the messenger RNA, and then the messenger RNA makes the protein, and then you make the spike protein, and then you make the antibodies. So." There's a lot of really lot of, interesting things of, yeah. about this virus, uh, about these vaccines, and we I don't have the answer to that. So that's, I, you know, hopefully everybody on your podcast, all your patients, and we'll all try to stay tuned and see what Dr. Fauci says, right. you know, and what ACOG says, um, but just like everything else in medicine... Um, these, they, they didn't enroll pregnant women in the studies, you know, America College of OBGYN was really advocating for pregnant women to be enrolled in some of these studies, but um, nobody feels comfortable with that yet. So we're just gonna have to wait for the data in the general population, like for Pfizer and Moderna, that's part of when you get your Pfizer and Moderna vaccine, you get this little, you'll get this little handout to enroll in vSAFE. Um, which is their new app run by the CDC, and it says, are you pregnant? Are you trying to conceive? They'll keep, and it, it texts you every few days and every few weeks and every few months after you get the vaccine, so they conceive. Like, they'll know, hopefully, a lot of people that are pregnant and get the vaccine will say, will feed data into the system and then we'll grow enormous amounts of data. And we we will have a lot of pregnancy data, I I think, very soon.
0: Yeah, well and there have been a lot of women who have been pregnant who've gotten covid and you know who are hopefully starting to get the vaccine. I saw online that there is a call right now out for people who had covid while they were pregnant and who you know may have gotten the shot that if they could please sign up and I've seen that on a few different sites. Absolutely so- and
1: and maybe you could put this in your show notes like right now UCSF is recruiting for the Aspire study. So ucsf.aspire.edu is, um, I think, let, let me just make sure I got that. I'll, I'll uh, uh, because um, they're studying COVID-19 uh, facts, uh, COVID-19 in pregnancy and they are... Um,
0: okay, so, so is UCSF?
1: Yes. Okay. It's a, so it's aspire A S P I R E dot U C S F dot Edu. So if you're pregnant, if you're early pregnant, we really want to, we really want you to look at this. Aspire A-S-P-I-R-E dot U-C-S-F. Edu, UCSF doing a huge multi-center trial um, on pregnancy and COVID-19. So I'll definitely and, and yeah, they're doing a lot of great work. So we're really excited for all this data coming out. So um, so the messenger right now we have approval for Moderna and Pfizer and Moderna and Pfizer are have no viral, no viruses in them at all. It's just a piece of messenger RNA wrapped in a little lipid ball. Uh, which allows it to go into the cells once it's injected. So that is physiologically and scientifically a very reasonable vaccine to consider in pregnant women because it just, it doesn't really, you know, it's the messenger RNA is degraded really quickly. It, we don't really think there's any really logical way that it would actually get to the placenta in significant ways or to the breast milk, because it's degraded so quickly. Um, it but does. That's a
0: big question. I'm sorry for I'm you. That's a big question. Um, after people deliver, whether or not they could breastfeed. I've been getting that from a lot of people that are afraid to take it because of breastfeeding. Um, so it's good to know what you just said. It's very important, actually. Yeah,
1: we we don't We can't really think of a logical way that it would be excreted into breast milk, you know, because it's because it's degraded so quickly. Now, having said that, have we taken a thousand women that are breastfeeding after COVID-19 vaccine and looked at their breast milk? No, we have not. So that's what we mean by we don't have data But yet we can provide reassurance because everything we know about pregnant women, about lactating women, about breast milk, and about messenger RNA, we just can't figure out how that would happen. So it does seem reasonable, despite the fact that we don't actually have data in lactating women to say it's okay to breastfeed after you get the vaccine. the other thing is, if you want to be, you know, super conservative, you could do the same thing as, you know, when you want to have a glass of wine, you just, you know, dump a little milk after, you know, it's because it's, it's, it's there's no data for that either. But I think that that does make, um, that does make a lot of patients feel better when they're worried about something and breast milk about just, you know, pump and dump and, and then they feel that. like, Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, now it's okay, and I'm going to breastfeed my baby because I feel a little more comfortable. Um, but there, there's just no scientific basis for how we think this yeah. would cause taking, harm.
0: What, what I'm taking from you really is that based on all of the scientific knowledge that that is out there and that people have, and based on experience, we're saying it doesn't make sense that this should be of harm.
1: Right. So
0: we don't have the specifics on this at this point in time, but there's no logic to it. The other thing that um, I keep thinking to myself is they would never vaccinate the entire world. We're not just talking about the United States if they thought that it was going to do harm. Well, it's- I think
1: the thing that makes, um, you know, and I, we, we will, and we'll, Lori, you're going to put the ASRM, ho- hopefully the ASRM statement into your show notes and mm-hmm the U- University of Massachusetts decision tool. So ASRM, American Society for Reproductive Medicine and um, the CDC and the ACIP, the Advisory Committee on Immunization Practices, SMFM, Society for Maternal Fetal Medicine, Amer- ACOG, American College of OBGYN, all have come out very, very strongly that pregnant women, people trying to conceive, so that includes men and people who are Um, lactating. um, So people trying to conceive, pregnant women, people who are breastfeeding should be treated with regard to the messenger RNA vaccines. So Moderna and Pfizer should be treated the same as everybody else. They should have access to the vaccine. They should be able to take the vaccine without... Uh, a changed schedule, if that's what they feel comfortable doing, uh, just like everybody else in the whole population. Well, so
0: if somebody in my family calls me, which recently happened, and said, I'm not taking that vaccine, I'm trying to get pregnant, and it's a male, I can say, well, the science is showing that there's no reason for you not to take it. It's your decision, but you, know, you could look at ASRM. Yeah, and
1: you ultimately, each of your patients has to feel comfortable they have to be able to sleep at night so we cannot tell them what to do but we can definitely say there's a ton of good information out there i really want people to look at that asrm Mm -hmm. statement the university message decision tool they really do a nice job of talking about a lot of the big questions and they give references and the overall thing is that that makes it relatively easy for us is number one the risk of not taking the vaccine is really high right now.
0: Mm-hmm. People
1: are dying. People are going into the hospital, including pregnant women, people trying to conceive, and breastfeeding women. It is not a good situation. So, we know the risks are super, super high. And that makes things much clearer about even though we don't have a ton of data on this vaccine, the science of it uh, makes us feel very comfortable that. The messenger RNA goes into the cells. It tells you to make the proteins, the messenger RNA itself and the little carrier lipids that get the messenger RNA into your cells is degraded extremely quickly. And um, there's nothing that we know about these molecules that are in the vaccine that uh, would have that would um, have any scientific basis of causing harm in this situation. So we really feel like it's it's a very easy equation because the risks are so high, uh, the science is reassuring. So um, they've come out very strongly that people, all people, you know, trying to conceive and pregnant and lactating should be treated the same as everybody else. Now, having said that in on a practical level, when we're talking about you as an individual and your situation, you know, if you're a frontline ER nurse or you're like an anesthesiologist and you've got your pregnant belly in the ICU intubating people and being covered with COVID-19, you know, um, that I think for those, pa- those patients, I've seen them feel very comfortable about getting the vaccine because they know, they're at super huge risk. But for my, you know, my Wall Street ladies or lawyers who are like doing everything by Zoom and never seeing anybody, um, they're feeling like, you know, I'm gonna wait a little bit for more data. You know, we're gathering data now. I'm in my first trimester or I'm about to start my IVF cycle. Um, I'm just gonna wait. I feel more comfortable waiting. And I think we can support both of those options and you can see that um, in the University of Massachusetts decision tool. It says, you know, you look at the science, look at the data, look at the recommendations, but look at your situation and look at what's going on around you in your community. Um, you know, it's, it's all about this risk benefit equation. Does that make
0: sense? It does. I think that was such an, an excellent uh, way to look at it. And I'm going to share that tool. It's really important because ultimately we all do have to make our own decision. And what I find with people going on fertility journeys is they're very good at researching and looking. Yes, they
1: are. They are. are. My my fertility patients are so um, they've all been so thoughtful and um, so proactive about reading themselves and trying to really digest the information for themselves and understand it for ourselves. Because for us, who treat these patients, that's so helpful that, you know, we know we can give all the advice in the world. Ultimately they really have to make their own decision. We're really just there to help them. And um, so I have, I have a lady right now. She's, she works in the, uh, she's a nurse. And I got to give her her first vaccine because I'm doing some volunteer work at the hospital, you know, giving vaccines. And she was so happy getting the vaccine. And, you know, it was really nice because, after I gave her the vaccine, then she's waiting for 15 minutes. You know, you have to be observed for 15 minutes. And she's like, okay, Dr. Chen, what are the next steps? And I'm like, okay, this is the date of your second vaccine. You're gonna call the nurse today because her frozen eggs you know, are waiting for her okay. and I'm like, okay, so I saw everything is done. You're going to call your nurse. Cause I think we'll start your, you get your second vaccine this day. What do you think about two weeks later, you'll take your Lupron and then a month later we'll do the transfer. And she's like, that's perfect. You know, so it was so cool. We basically designed her IVF cycle around her vaccine because that's what she wanted. She was like, you know, I want to get the vaccine. I want to be done with that. And then I'm ready Then I'm going to be really psych to do my IVF and that worked out really nicely. And then I had another lady also happens to be a nurse who was just, you know, she she was very, this one is very frontline and she's like about to start her medication. She's like, Dr. Chen, I got the call. I'm gonna get the vaccine today, you okay with that? And I'm like, yes, totally okay drink a lot of water let me know if there's any issues um you know if you get a fever you know obviously you'll call us anything over 101 we feel like that's possible you know it it's possible it might affect the eggs although ASRm actually says no as long as you're taking a lot of folic acid um but you know take some tylenol drink a lot of water call the nurse but i think you're going to be fine so she was just she was like i'm so glad i'm getting the vaccine um you know i'm a nurse on the front line but I need to get this IVF done. You know, I'm getting older every day, and and so much planning has gone into this IVF. I'm, you know, I'm not going to disrupt all of that either. And she felt comfortable with that. So, um, you know, that 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 was fine. But and I have plenty of patients who are just, you know they're just going to wait. I have like a bunch of people starting cycles right now. They are not in the high risk group. So they have no idea we're in New Jersey. When are they going to get called or get the opportunity to have the vaccine? Mm -hmm. Um, I told them that, you know, uh, these these are people who like at their work, if they get a note, they can choose home Mm -hmm. or in person. You know, so they are, you know, they're making that choice. They're like, well, if I, hopefully I'll be pregnant by the time I get the call for the vaccine and I'll decide then because maybe there'll be more data. So maybe I will, maybe I won't. I don't have to decide that now. Thank you for the information.
0: Yeah, I think, yeah. you know, I'm finding the same thing in my practice, uh, just to kind of generalize the people who work in healthcare, like the physicians I work with, I work with one who's a actually a pulmonologist. And so she's really right there in the ICU every day, just like the nurses you were describing. That's very intense. Yes. Very, very intense. And honestly, not what pulmonologists signed on for where they thought about going into pulmonology, right? Whoever thought they yeah. mean, this was something like this. So, um, but going through pregnancy, um, pregnancy journey. And so I find that I'm seeing the same correlation. The people who are kind of on the front line doing the work with patients every day want the vaccine. But those that I'm working with who are home really want to kind of take a beat and take a breath and say, wait, let me look and let me Which
1: totally makes sense,
0: right? Absolutely. It does make sense because one, you're really right out there at risk and the other, you're not. Yeah. Um, and, and they, that is
1: that that's that whole risk benefit equation in action your patients yeah. that's exactly what they're doing and that's I think what everybody should do when they're deciding
0: Yeah and deciding in anything in life not just fertility yes. not anything in life right it's always risk versus reward um yes. so I know we have to go in a minute. This is so much information. So I,
1: much I, information. So, so much. Goodness, it really is. We're gonna I have, have to come back, you know, when, you know, maybe when more vaccines come out, we'll, we'll have another talk.
0: I would <laughs> love that. So I just want to give a couple of takeaways because there was so much information and like really quickly. And if that's okay with you, I don't yes, absolutely I really do this, but I think it's really important. So really getting the vaccine, the research and the studies are showing that it's safe right now to take the um, the vaccine and it's encouraged, but it's up to you. And yes. that's really the question. It's up to yes. you. There are so I
1: think people. the big picture is all the big national societies that we look to for guidance, ASRM, ACOG society for maternal fetal medicine are saying very clearly very strongly pregnant conceiving and lactating you should be treated the same as everybody else you should have the opportunity to get vaccinated with messenger rna vaccines pfizer and moderna it's yes. just the same as everybody else but ultimately you have to look at your own situation the risks and the benefits talk to your doctor and decide, you know, what makes more sense, but the risk of the disease COVID-19 is so much higher than the risk of the vaccine.
0: Well, thank you. Thank you so much. I think that's a great place to kind of end for today. I'd love it if we came back and continue the conversation, honestly. Um, If somebody wanted to get a hold of you, how would they do that?
1: Oh, the best way is like check out Dr. Serena H. Chen um dot com on my website on instagram i'd love for people to follow me on instagram and Twitter. i love your
0: Yeah it's great yeah
1: because we're trying i'm trying to do a lot of uh, um education and awareness there and you know it's not all serious though but it's you know i just i love connecting with people on social media that's like a kind of a nice way to connect
0: yeah. and
1: um so hopefully people will follow me there that would be really nice
0: okay great and if anybody has any questions or comments please feel free to reach out to me at lauriemetz.net.